Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. Are you guys ready for the word of the Lord today? God, we come before you and I pray that you would help me get out of the way so that your word may be go forward pure and in a way that is proper, that hits the mark as you promised it would, and give us ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying, and give us eyes to see the same. Let us lean in and leave here better than what we came. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. I feel like I was like rhyming all the way through that. Like poetry is... Is, must be a gift this morning. Um, so we have been in a series called A True Hero. A True Hero. We're going to continue this series next week. It's going to be the last message of this series next week. So, you know, in life, like the first things are super important and the last things are super important. So don't miss next Sunday. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1 has been our key scripture. It follows, check this out, Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 talks about many heroes of the faith. And then we roll into Hebrews 12 and 1. And it says, since we've got all of these heroes that we've talked about, therefore, since we're surrounded by all of these people, such a great cloud of witnesses that we just talked about in Hebrews 11, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles us. Now listen, if you don't get anything else out of the message today, if you're in sin right now, you're tangled in sin, and I know a little bit about this. Matter of fact, I know a lot about this. I know what it's like to have open door to sin and know that God has better for me, but to remain in sin. I know what that's like. And I'm telling you this morning that if that is you, Come out from that place. Cut it off. Do whatever it is that you have to do. You know, the Bible, just to depict um, how seriousness sin is, it says, listen, if your eye causes you to sin, get rid of it. If your hand causes you to sin, chop it off. Now, listen, don't come all bandaged up next week, but it's just showing you that sin uh, will destroy you. And it's better to, you know, enter into heaven with, with these ailments and issues than to not go there at all. Can I just tell you, listen, not everybody goes to heaven. Only those that are under the blood of Jesus, their sins have been forgiven. They're in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And you better know him. You need to know him. So, so it says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance. I love that word. The race that has been marked out for us. And so I want you to know this, that those people that have ran before us, they're cheering us on. Just allow that picture to enter into your mind. Now listen, there have been debates from the beginning of time. And I'm, not, I'm just not getting into all of that. I've learned that debating for me never worked. Two people just go away mad. And, um, but there have been arguments as to when you die, are you at that point to be absent from the body or to be present with the Lord? Or are you in a sleep state until the second coming of Jesus? And... All I'm saying is, is that I really do believe that 
This is just my, and there's always an argument that is just as powerful and just as strong. So this isn't an argument, but like I read this and I'm like, listen, if I'm surrounded by all these people, a great cloud of witnesses, like they're watching and they're rooting for me like right now, then that means that, that, that in my mind, it's clear. I know that's not for everybody, but in my mind, it's clear that people that have gone before us are watching how we're doing right now. And guess what? They're cheering for you. They want the best. They have ran their race. They have already lived their life. And now they're in heaven when they see you do something right and well. I have a, I have a, a, a strong feeling that like it's not just the people in Hebrews 11. But it's those people that have, that have, that have gone before us like grandpa, grandma and, and all those people. And wow, sometimes that's a little scary because I don't always make the best decisions. And I want grandpa to be happy with me. I do believe that, that he's cheering me on and others are cheering me, me on as well. And, and just give me a little bit of grace if you're not there with me. But, uh, but I love this series and the idea of this series. Uh, you know, I use the sports analogy of, of, of when you're in high school or if you were, uh, you know, gifted to be able to play at a collegiate level. You know, whatever it is that you're playing, basketball, football, baseball, you hear from the stands your team Cheering you on, and, and I remember this, you know, uh, several times being down maybe a touchdown or two, and then all of a sudden the, the, the stands, your fans get behind you, and they're like, come on guys, you can do it, and there's a momentum shift. There's a, there's a shift, and, and then all of a sudden you score a touchdown, you score another touchdown, you're going into halftime, maybe, maybe ahead, and it was all because of the momentum shift of the fans. And this is the deal. When you're on the field or, or you're on the track, you cannot hear the individual voices. But I want us to look at those people that have ran before us here. Wow, that was cool. I want us to look at those people that have ran before us like we're taking them from the stands down on the track and they're doing a lap with us. And so what they're doing is they're sharing with us right now in and through the word of God what it is that they have learned in their life that they have lived. And we've looked at Mary and we've looked at Elijah and we've looked at we've looked at Samson. Right. And today we're going to look at JTB. Who can tell me who JTB is? John the Baptist, you were here first service. Yeah, yeah, okay, you weren't here. That's right. John the Baptist is who we're going to look at. What would John the Baptist say to us if he was able to come and just say, hey, let me, let me share with you some things that I learned when I was running my, my race. And, um, and I just love that. Have you ever met somebody that stood out? Like maybe they dressed differently. You know, there, there's a person that I have in my mind that it didn't matter how many people were in the room. When this person entered the room, it's like the room demanded the respect of the individual because they were so unique. They were so unique, not only by the way that they carried themselves, which they carried themselves very well. But whenever they opened their mouth, man, oh, man, it's just like you just you just wanted to hang off of the wisdom that they, were, that they were sharing. Listen, have you ever met somebody like that? These people are not common people. They're, they're set apart. And I just, I want you to know, wow, wow, come on, because of Christ in you, you can be that person for somebody else. Still, 
I'm just saying still, it's, they're few and far between. You're just like, wow, I don't know what it is, but they're just different. They're just, there's something special about that, about that person. Few people stand out. Today, we're going to look at the life of John the Baptist, one who definitely stood out. You know, the Bible says that he, he dressed in camel's hair and he had a leather belt around his waist and, and he ate bugs and honey. That's pretty peculiar, right? That's, that's somebody that's, that's kind of unique. And, and that's not the only thing that, that set him apart. He was a forerunner to Christianity. Right? You could, even, you could even call today's message, I didn't title it, but you could call today's message the forerunner. Right? He baptized Jesus. Not only did he baptize Jesus, but he was Jesus' cousin. My goodness, could you imagine? I'm not much of a name dropper. And I'm telling you, when I'm around people that drop names like Pastor Daryl Carnley... He's always dropping names. And I'm just like, I'm not impressed. You know, you're dropping these names. That might work for somebody else. I know he's probably watching. But, uh, but I always call him out on it. Like somebody else, that might impress them. But I'm not impressed by you running with whoever, whoever. But the truth is, is he does run. He's got influence with some very, very influential people. And I'm just like, wow, that's really cool. Still not impressed though. But uh <laughs> But if I was JTB, man, I would be like, you know who my cousin is? Like, I, I guarantee you being the cousin to Jesus would open some doors for you. Right? It would, it, would, it, would, it would create a way for you where there was no way had you not dropped the name of Jesus. You know, being your cousin, first cousin at that. And, uh, and so JTB, he stood out for a lot of different reasons. But one of the reasons why he stood out is because of his message. And I want you to know this, that John the Baptist, while he had a really, really cool beginning in his life, you know, when, when Mary came to visit, you know what I mean? There, there was a, there, he jumped in the, in the womb and he had a great beginning. Like some of you had a great beginning. You were born into really, really incredible families. And, and JTB had a really cool ending to his life too. But can I tell you this? The most powerful part of John the Baptist's life was the middle. And that, my friend, is exactly where you and I are right now. I just want to remind you of something just real quick. You are wasting your energy and your time worrying about the mistakes that you, you made yesterday. Because while, while there might be an opportunity for you to clean up some messes that you've made, and I highly encourage you to do that, it's a waste of time just spending that energy wishing that you had not done whatever it was that you had done. You did it. Now move on. And guess what? You can also, and a lot of people are in a panic right now, you can also waste a great deal of valuable time and energy worrying about the stresses that tomorrow is going to bring. This is where I have to talk myself off of the, off of the fence oftentimes because I get caught up worrying about what tomorrow is going to bring. Do you know this, that the Bible says that tomorrow has its own problems. Let's just wait until then and deal with them whenever they come, right? But now, like today, this Sunday, this is the here and now. This is the middle of your life. And while 
John had a great beginning and a pretty powerful ending. Come on, the most important part, the most powerful part of his life was in the middle. And I'm saying this, that today is your middle. And it can be powerful for you as well. How you spend it, what you do with it. That's where we are today, right? Today is what matters. I want you to know this, that life is difficult for everybody. Now listen, have you ever met somebody that you've met them and you've only known them for like 15 minutes? But this person in 15 minutes has shared 15 different things while their life is the worst life and their luck is the worst luck that anybody could ever have. I mean, they just told you, hey, you don't even know this person, but they told, they have told you all that is wrong and how woe is me and, and, and you should feel sorry for me. And you just, you just like, you're looking for an escape. You know, you're like, listen, I knew I gave my wife a code word. I knew I gave her a code word, which means rescue me now. I can't remember the code word. I'm in trouble. I want to get out of this conversation. Like there are some people that honestly, when you sit down and you talk with them, they are, they think that their life is so much worse than anybody else's life. Like they have gone through so much more than anybody else has ever gone. They're the only person that has ever had bad things happen. And by goodness, you're going to hear about everything that's happened. And I'm just telling you this, that life throws curveballs to everybody. And JTB had some curveballs that were thrown at him. JTB, as great as he was, John the Baptist, as great as he was, come on, he was in some scandalous situations. His theme for his life, well, that was a really high pitch. Did you guys, I don't know where that came. I don't know where that, it came from someplace down here. But I was like, theme, theme. I've never heard that out of my mouth before. But the theme for his life was repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This guy had a great deal of zeal. Come on. He was, he was, uh, um, he was, he was at times very confrontational. There was a lot of religious elites of his day that had come out to where he was baptizing folks. And he literally just looked at them recognized them, and he called them a brood of vipers. That's like calling somebody today a yellow-bellied snake. You know what I'm saying? He just like called them out. And, and he was very bold, and he was true to his convictions. In fact, one of the issues that he had was JTB boldly approached King Herod. This was King Herod Antipas, which had, had a, a, a son, which was King Herod Agrippa. But King Herod Antipas, he boldly approached him because of his relationship with Herodias. Herodias was his brother Philip's wife. And King Herod was married as well. And, uh, and, and he started kind of getting an eye for his brother's wife. Now, listen, you don't have to go to Netflix or Hulu or anything else to find drama. All you've got to go is to the scriptures. So listen, he started, I want you to put yourself in this situation. Your brother starts getting an eye for your wife. And the next thing you know, your brother leaves his wife and your wife Leaves you, ooh, this is dangerous. Your wife leaves you and gets hooked up and marries your brother. This is exactly what happened 
And John the Baptist approached him, not only approached him, but called him out on his, on his garbage. And I'm just telling you this, that you didn't approach the king like that. Or most people wouldn't approach the king like that. Because, because this is the deal, is, is that he had the authority to just destroy you and take your life from you at that very moment that you said something that he didn't agree with. But there was something with King Herod he really loved. He liked John. He loved listening, you know what I mean, to John the Baptist. But, but John the Baptist, once again, he called him out. Now listen, I've seen another heroic act that has just recently taken place. Now listen, this is not meant to be political. But I, uh, you're going you're gonna to see that I've got a very strong, strong viewpoint. This is my viewpoint. I'm not trying to make it your viewpoint. But I'm telling you what, I got some serious convictions. I hate what I'm seeing in Afghanistan right now. I think that it was foolish. I think that it didn't have to, like, like while it, it, there's no way that you're going to get out of there clean, I think that there were some major foolish decisions that were made by people that were in charge. And I came across the video. I'm a Marine. I came across the video of a Lieutenant Colonel in the United States Marine Corps. He spent seven, he's, he's been in the military leading infantry divisions for 17 years. He's in his 17th year. And this guy, because of his convictions, he gets up on YouTube knowing the consequences, knowing what it is that, that he is facing, but his convictions are so strong that he's got to let his voice be heard. And he said, I probably am going to be kicked out, which he was kicked out of the core an hour and a half after he had posted this video. I'm surprised it took that long, but he knew the consequences of standing up for what he believed in. You know what he did? He called to the carpet, the leadership, higher brass than him. He called to the carpet, uh, the leaders in the Department of Defense, the commander in chief. He said, listen, this is crazy and foolish and somebody needs to take responsibility. Because listen, <laughs> Lieutenant Colonel, even at that command, if he made a foolish decision, I guarantee you, he would, be, he would be answering for his decision. All he is doing, he's saying, listen, this is how we do things. Somebody needs to answer for this debacle that we've just had in Afghanistan. Now listen, this is where the rubber meets the road, folks. This guy's been in, he's given 17 years of his life. Been to battle multiple times. He's taken life and he's lost life. He has fought for this country and what this country stands for. He stands up. He's got conviction. He said, this is something, I'm going to do it terrible. But he said something along these lines. I know that I know that I know that this is probably going to cost me a lot more than what I can even consider. But he said, there comes a time when a man has to be a man. And I'm a United States Marine. And if I can't voice my convictions, which are strong, then what kind of Marine am I? Right? And I'm just telling you this, that there are times in life where if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, and I'm not saying you need to agree with that or whatnot, but I'm, I am saying this, that if you have convictions and you're silent with your convictions, then really what good are your convictions? And I'm telling you, we literally have a lot of people that are, that are not willing to put themselves out there 
for little things, let alone big things. And John the Baptist literally put himself out there saying, listen, this could cost me my life. He put himself out there more than this lieutenant colonel did because of the conviction of the gospel and calling Herod out on his on his garbage. And I'm just saying this, that man, oh man, what how, how what is the use of a conviction if it doesn't bring about action? And I'm telling you what, we live in a day and age where you're going to you're either going to roll over and just take whatever or you're going to stand up for what you believe is right or true. And I know that I know that there's a lot of people thinking right now because that's a bold thing to say. All I'm saying is is if you've got a conviction, you got a strong opinion on something and you being silent about it, about it, about it. <laughs> you being silent about it. It's really not much of a conviction. All right. Mark 6 and verse 17. So it goes on to say, for Herod, this just lays out what I've already told you. For Herod had sent soldiers to arrest and imprison John as a favor to Herodias. She had been his brother Philip's wife, but Herod had married her. Verse 18, John had been telling Herod, listen, it's against God's law for you to marry your brother's wife. So Herodias bore a grudge so such a grudge against JTB that she wanted to kill him. Now, somebody say, that's a grudge. That's right. Now, listen, men, I want to talk to you for a second. I want to talk to you just for a second. It's important, the women that you surround yourself with. I mean, I was thinking about this just going into, and this is, a, this is funny. I'm not being serious. But I was like, I had an aha moment this morning. And, and some of the guys that I've been talking about these last few weeks, we got Samson. He had Delilah. She was not good for him, right? And then you had Elijah, had Jezebel. And now you've got JTB and Herodias. Like, surround yourself with women that are not going to want to kill you, okay? And, and, and get yourself close to the right women. That's all I'm going to say. So John here, he's in prison. This is the one that prophesied about Jesus. This is the one that baptized Jesus. This is the one that built the kingdom of God in such a way that many, many people were coming, come on to, you know, coming to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And now he's in prison. In fact, some of John's own disciples, he had his own disciples. Some of them came to John and they said, hey, listen, we're just getting a little bit worried. There's more people going to Jesus than, than is coming to us. So John was like the forerunner. He had like the head position for a little bit of time. And now John's disciples are like, what are we going to do? They're, they're more popular than we are. And this is where John, in John chapter 3 and verse 30, he began to share with his own disciples that, listen, once again, I'm not fit to even touch this guy's sandals. In fact, I must decrease... So that the Lord may increase. So he shows us a beautiful picture of humility after all of the work. And now John finds himself in prison. Six months into his ministry, he's in prison. Now, imagine being John the Baptist. You've done all the right things. Can you imagine the questions like, what is going on here? I did, this is not how this is supposed to, this is supposed to work. Now, 
for some of you, like myself, if you were going to be honest, like I've been honest with myself, a lot of the bad things that have happened in my life, they happened, Sarah, because I made stupid decisions. Like it wasn't the devil, it was Travis. And so I get bad things happening to a person that lives like a knucklehead. I get that, right? That's what the world would call. And let me just tell you this. I want everybody's attention here real quick. If you're a Christian, raise your hand. Raise your hand if you're a Christian. If you're a Christian, I'm asking you, please don't say the word karma again. Please. Karma is a Buddhist viewpoint, right? Hindus, Buddhism, we don't believe in karma. But when bad things happen, people say, ooh, karma. If, if karma means we don't believe in it, and so stop saying it. But it's amazing how many Christians say, oh, that's karma. Let's just all say on the count of three, I won't say it again. One, two, three. I won't say it again. And then when somebody else says it around you that's a Christian, pull them off and say, you shouldn't say that again. One, two, three. You shouldn't say that again. Okay. But karma means when people say it, it's like you're getting what, what, what you deserve. You know what I mean? You've been knucklehead that you're going to get a knucklehead's life. You know, you're bad. Bad things are going are gonna to happen, you know, to you. So I can understand that. I can understand somebody living like that, and then all of a sudden bad things happen, what is difficult for me to understand is when somebody is sold out for the Lord, come on, they're poured out for Christ, and then all of a sudden they're dealing with the same bad things that the knuckleheads dealing with. That's what is a little bit more difficult. And so this is exactly JTB's issue, and he's not perfect. He's got sin just like everybody else, but he's in jail. And he probably had goals like like he was probably going to go on tour with Jesus. Like, like all the mega churches would open up and they would have, you know, revival services. Jesus would get up and preach and John would baptize. Right? John probably was thinking, man, we're going to connect up JTB and JC Ministries. <laughs> right? We're going to change the world. And now he's in prison and he's got to be questioning, like, God, I really didn't see things working out like this. And so he had his issues. He had his, he had his troubles. He's trying to make sense of the doubt and the fear and the worry that he's experiencing. And I'm just saying this, that we do this very same thing. When bad things happen to us or, or around us. You know, we have a tendency to question God. And can I just say this, that I've met too many people and it, it really hurts my heart when somebody is fired up about the good things of God, when things are good, and then all of the sudden tragedy hits and now they're in a state and a place where I don't even know if I believe in God anymore. Do you know what that is? That circumstantial service, that circumstantial surrender. That means, God, as long as things are good and you do good to me and, and whatnot, then I will believe in you. But the moment that you don't, I don't, I don't want to have anything to do with you. And that, my friend, is not even a Christian. Right? I'm telling you what, we have got to exercise faith 
And at the end of the day, even when bad things happen that we can't explain, we have to trust in God's sovereignty, that his way is higher than our way. And even though it's okay to question it, it's okay to question it. What you don't want to do is you don't want to park there. You don't want to stay there for a very long time. You want to trust in the Lord. Amen. So just because we don't feel God doesn't mean that he's not there. And just because we don't understand him doesn't mean that he's not working. So here, JTB, he's in prison and, and, uh, and he's asking the question, what have I gotten myself into? And he's questioning all that he's done before because he's got his eyes on his circumstances and not on not on Jesus. And we have that same ability to put our eyes on our situation on. Let's call it this. We call it reality. You ever talk to somebody, they're like, yeah, but the real, the reality of the situation. Listen, man, I'm telling you as a believer, it doesn't matter what reality is. Faith is more important. And I'm telling you that the devil uses reality to encroach, to overtake your faith. And at the moment that you see your faith diminishing, you have to stir yourself up in your most holy faith and say, God, I don't care what things look like. My trust is in you. My trust is in you. You got to stir yourself up. Amen. All right. Matthew eleven twelve. John's looking at his circumstances. John the Baptist, who's in prison. He heard about all the things that the Messiah was doing. So he sent disciples to ask Jesus. This is a moment of weakness for John. Are you the Messiah that we've been expecting? Or should we keep looking for somebody else? And I can just tell you, I can relate with that. I can relate with, with being on the mountaintop with God. And then all of a sudden, you know, my, my faith being rocked and checked and challenged. And for a moment, it's like, man, did I just miss it? Or, or what's going on? Luckily... I have gotten my, my car out of that parking lot and into, you know, moving in faith rather quickly. But I'm just saying all of us, if we were going to be honest, some of us, we question what is going on. I didn't see that coming. John Gerard, we had men's breakfast yesterday. And I want to just give a big shout out to all the men that came out. We've been having such great men's breakfast every two weeks. We do them. So not next week, but the week after right here at Grace Church, nine o'clock to 10 o'clock. We'll have you out of here at 10 o'clock full and with some good stuff. But John was our keynote speaker this last yesterday, this last yesterday. It's the only yesterday that we've got. This last yesterday, he, he got up and he shared, you know what, guys? He said, I've learned, if I was going to be honest, I've learned and I've grown more in the valleys than I have in the mountaintops. And so he was saying, like, I've really grown through the hardships of life. John right now, you know what I mean? He's fighting Parkinson's and he got up and he began to share and you were like, you would be like, you know, you couldn't even tell. It's, I don't know. It's crazy. When he begins to share the word of the Lord, it's like his Parkinson's is just put on pause for a little bit, waiting for him whenever he's done. But God just gives him that ability to, it was just powerful. So grateful for his wisdom and, and, and willingness to share his life with us. But listen, when you doubt, feel alone. Um, and you're, and you're confused. Listen, JTB would tell us that's the time to anchor yourself to God's purpose. So Jesus responds. He responds to John the Baptist. Are you the one or should we be looking at another? 
We're in verse 4. It says, Jesus told him, told the disciples that came with the, with the message that John was asking, go back and tell John, tell him what you've heard and seen. The blind see, the lame walk, those with leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. And he added, God blesses those who do not fall away because of me. You know what? Once again, I really believe that this is speaking to people that fall away because they have in their mind how things should be if you're a follower of Jesus. But Jesus will use the difficult things to bring about the plan of salvation. And guess what, Penny? You're not going to always understand it. And I'm not going to always understand it. But Jesus right here says, oh yeah, by the way, God blesses those who do not fall away because of me. And so listen, if John were here running a lap with us, we only have three points. We're really close to being done. Don't check out. Write these down. Number one, if John was going to share something with us, number one would be this. To trust in God's purpose, you must know his promise. You know, I believe that what Jesus was, he was giving him that list, like the lame is walking and the blind are seeing and the dead are being raised and those with leprosy are being healed. You know what he was reminding JTB of? He was reminding him of prophecy that JTB was very familiar with. Prophecy back in the book of Isaiah. He's like, listen, you know what was prophesied back here? It's being fulfilled right now. And I want you to know that, yes, just like when you saw me, you were like, whoa, this is the guy that I've been talking about. When he got ready to baptize him, he's like, this is the guy. Whoa, my cousin? Oh, I didn't see it. I, I have to believe that his eyes were even opened at that moment. Maybe not. I don't know. But, but like he knew, but he still questioned. And some of you, you know. But sometimes you still have the ability to question. And to question is okay. I believe that, and I didn't put this in my notes, but one of the things that JTB would do is he would tell us it's okay to embrace humanity. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I got it wrong too. But once again, don't stay there. Don't stay there, right? So to trust in God's purpose, you must know his promise. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by what? The word of God. Listen, when you don't know what to do, you got to go to God's word. Amen. And it's crazy. It's crazy. Sometimes people and, and I've even even heard some like televangelists say things like, man, come to Jesus and all your problems will go away. Baloney. Some of the some of the, 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 the most difficult things that I've ever faced has been not only as a Christian, but as a pastor. I remember moving here. I'd never pastored a church before. I'd been in youth ministry for a long period of time. And I wasn't here very long. And we lost an incredible young man, Diedrich. And Diedrich was kind of a, uh, a mentor, a really good friend. Somebody that my own kids looked up to. And now I'm faced with, with doing a funeral service for this young man that has so much promise and so much potential and and you're thinking, God, you really got this wrong. You really, you know, how you didn't, you know, and, and I just had to work through, had to work through some stuff. But you know what? God never gets anything wrong. And um, sometimes things just don't make sense. But I promise you this, everything will at some point. Everything will at some point. 
So what do you do when you don't know what to do? You go to God's word. Number two is this. See how fast we're rolling? Build your faith through experience. I'm asking you a personal question here this morning. What have you seen personally God do in and, in and through your life? Like the undeniables where you would say, no doubt, man, that was God. No doubt. So we've got to build our faith through our experiences. And sometimes, sometimes we have to even remind ourselves when we're going through hardship, what God has done in the past that, wow, he did it there. You know what? He can do it here too. It's interesting. Jesus said this, tell John, what you, not just what you've heard, but tell him what you've seen. Now, listen, I want to talk to you just real quick about this. Tell them not just what you've heard, but what you've, what you've seen. How many of you know that there's a big difference between hearing and seeing? I remember, and I, this is part of my testimony. I remember, I remember as a kid going to Sunday school and they would use the flannel graphs. And we heard all the time as children that Jesus loves you and he's got a plan for you. I heard it all the time. Jesus loves you. My grandpa was a church planter. Jesus loves you and he's got a plan for you. I heard it all the time, but I remember when I was eight years old, like I seen something, I experienced something at an altar just like this, that was a thousand times more powerful than just hearing that Jesus loves you and he's got a plan for you. The Lord had a visitation with me. I didn't see him. I just knew he was there. I experienced him. I felt him. I heard him say the same thing that everybody else had said, Travis, I'm real and I've got a plan for your life. There's something different than, than just hearing something and experiencing something. Now, listen, one of the most iconic pictures whenever you, whenever you think of Japan is Mount Fuji. Wow, that was awesome. That, you guys are so good. I was like, Mount Fuji. Boom. First service wasn't that great. They've been waiting for this moment all service just to come on. Let's give them a hand clap. Killed it. Killed it. Mount Fuji. This mountain right here is 12,000, a little shy of 12,400 feet. It's two and a half miles in the air from the bottom to the top. And I've seen some incredible pictures just like this one, majestic pictures. It stands apart. It stands alone in its area. You know, people see it and they're like, oh, that's Mount Fuji. But guess what? There's not, I don't care all the, all of the, the, the after artwork that you can do to kind of, you know, make it even more beautiful, more majestic. I can tell you this personally, there's not one picture on the planet, nor will there ever be a picture on the planet that will be able to capture what it's like looking from the top to the bottom. I've had the privilege of climbing Mount Fuji from the bottom to the top. And I'm just telling you, it is majestic. There's something about when you, when you pass the clouds, you're like in the clouds and then you pass the clouds. You're above the clouds and you're looking down on the clouds. It's incredible, breathtaking, absolutely stunning. But there's no way I could spend the next two hours telling you how magnificent it is. And you're still going to, you're just going to be bored. You're like, yeah, it's a mountain. Until you find yourself on the top of that mountain 
with no words that can really just describe what you've just done, what you've accomplished, and what you're, what you're experiencing. And I'm just telling you this, that there's a big difference between seeing and experiencing. And it's the same thing with salvation. There is no words, listen to me now, there's no words that can capture what it's like to feel personally the love and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ, especially if you were a spectacular sinner like I was. To know that I was not going to be held accountable for all of the sins that I should have paid for, but he said, Travis, because of the cross of Jesus Christ, I am bearing every single one of your sin. And you tangibly, physically feel the heaviness and the weightiness of your sin being removed from your life. And the freedom, like I could tell you about it all day, but until you experience it for yourself, you're never going to know the magnitude of what that what that experience is, is, is like. But guess what? We've got to continue to try to share that God's got something, come on, better for you. And we've got to share our testimony. Even though they're not going to be able to grab a hold of it, one day they're going to experience it themselves. And they're going to be like, wow, it was even better than what I thought. Right? Come on. Thank you for that. This is the last point, and it's remember who Jesus is. And I know this is more of the same, but when life doesn't make sense, remember who God is through your experience with Jesus Christ. I'm telling you this, and, I, and I'm not stretching this at all. I have literally been able in my short life of 50 years, been able to see hundreds of people give their heart to Jesus Christ. And it is beautiful. Sometimes it's with complete joy. Sometimes it's just like in awe where there's really not a lot of emotions. And sometimes it's with just tears just streaming down their face. And, um, and I've been able to see um, and, and baptize hundreds of people. It's just been crazy. We probably baptize here in our church I don't know, 30 to 40 to sometimes 50 people in, in, in a year. Um, I mean, it, it just shifts all the time. But we, we get a chance to baptize, you know, a lot of people. I have, I have seen many, many marriages that were at the 12th hour of divorce. Like it was just literally a matter uh, of, of papers being signed and the, and the divorce being finalized. I've seen many times... That God shows up in the 12th hour and restores the marriage and those people are, are here today. I've seen, I've seen many times where people have dealt with serious disease like a heart failure, um, cancer, uh, uh, depression, anxiety. A lot of different things I've seen many times where somebody has been given their miracle and, and they're alive and well you know, today where they, where they, they, they could not be, or people would say they should not be. I remember going to a car wreck where a guy had a rollover and he was in Pocatello and the family had asked me 
to go pray for him. And I go and pray. He was ejected out of his car. He was swollen. Like tw everything was twice as big. And tubes and everything else. Just keeping him alive. And I remember going in. To that Pocatello hospital. And he's on all those machines. And then just praying. A simple prayer of faith. Just asking that God. Would just put all of this brokenness. Back together. And then I left. And then I had to deal with the doubt. Boy, I just don't think he's going to make it. Like I had faith and then I had doubt and then I had faith and I had doubt and then I had faith. And I literally have seen people with less things dealing with less things not make it. Next thing you know, he's coming home that next week. Not just not just off of the not just off of everything that's keeping him alive, but he is coming home that next week. Home. This is the God that we, that we serve. And so we have to, when we go through difficult times, when things that we think should never happen to us are happening to us, you got to go back and remember the faithfulness of God in your history, in your past, right? And allow that to encourage you. I'm leaving you with the scripture, Matthew chapter 11 and verse six, it says this, and this is out of the amplified and blessed or joyful Favored by God is anyone who does not take offense at me. Accepting me as the Messiah and trusting confidently in my message of salvation. Listen, folks, whenever you're going through hardships, don't throw Jesus out with everything else. Blessed is he. The joy that a person receives when regardless of what happens. Can I remind you too? This world's not our home. This is a broken world. But I'm telling you this, that blessed is he who does not take offense at me, Jesus is saying, accepting me as Messiah and trusting confidently in my message of salvation. Let me pray for you just real quick. Lord, I thank you right now for every person that is going through something that has just really got them worried and 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 they're just they're just they've got anxiety they don't know how things are going to turn out god i just pray for the peace of god to just be strong in their life and the wisdom of god even if they don't know what to do just to stand on your promises and your truth stand on what they have seen god you do in the past because this is what i know you are in control. Nothing shakes you. Nothing moves you. God you use every single thing. Even the bad things. The Bible says for good. For those who love God. And are called according to his purpose. So God we trust you today. And I pray Lord that you would manifest. Strength. Peace. Hope and joy. For those that need it here today. In Jesus name. And everybody said amen and amen and amen. Now, listen, listen, I want to just I want everybody's attention just real quick. Just just lean in. Don't check out. Don't gather your stuff up. Just quit fidgeting. Look at me just for a second. Like this is the most important part of the whole service. I want to ask you if you are here and you don't know where you stand with the Lord, like like, you know, you, you, you kind of believe in him, but but. You just don't know what it's like to really walk with God. And, and if you were to die, 
And a lot of people are, 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 are dealing with sicknesses and things like that right now. But if you were to not be here tomorrow, which I'm not trying to dance on your emotions. I'm just being honest. We think we're going to live forever, but not everybody does. In fact, nobody does. Not everybody does. If you were not to be here tomorrow and you're questioning where you are with the Lord, I want you to know that you can know for a fact today that your name is written in that Lamb's book of life. And the way that you know that, listen, it sounds very elementary, super simple, and thank God it is. Because if it wasn't, we would mess it up somehow. But the way that we know that is, is we identify that I am a sinner. And if you don't know you're a sinner, trust me, you are. You are. Every one of us. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so all of us need a savior. Every single one of us need a savior. God sent his only son to die on, on a cross much worse than that. That's a beautiful cross that Mr. Terry Stevenson built for us. And I love that. But he died on a tree. He hung there for you and for me that anybody that would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. So how do we believe in him? What does that mean? It means that we believe that he's the only begotten of the father. It means that he, he lived a perfect life, a sinless life. And he laid down his life willingly for you and for me. That means that nobody took his life. It wasn't the Jews. It wasn't the Romans. He literally allowed them to crucify him because he knew that that, that was the only way for our sins to be covered and forgiven. And so the Bible says that when you believe in your heart, that that is the Jesus that you're, that, that, you know, he is who he says he is and he's done what he said he's done. You're saying, listen, I believe in him and I confess him to be my Lord and my Savior. Amen. And so what we do is we just ask him to forgive us of our sins and we ask him into our life. And so, so at the moment that you do that and you're genuine about it, it's like, yes, Jesus, I feel there's something going on right now. And I feel, I feel like I'm supposed to respond to this. And, and I do want to serve you. I want to submit my life, surrender my life to you. Then what you do is you raise your hand and you say, yeah, pastor, that's me. Count me in on that. And then we're going to say a prayer. And that prayer, it begins the walk in the relationship that is going to be a beautiful walk in relationship. That the ending of that walk in relationship is you being raised again after this life. You living in heaven with him with no more pain, no more suffering, no more limitations, right? In the fullness, the presence of God. Eyes opened up, your understanding being far more than what it is today. It's going to be a beautiful, beautiful thing. But guess what? Not everybody goes to heaven. In fact, if you really trust God's word, there's a, there's a, a narrow road and a wide road. And the narrow road are few that, that find it. His desire is all would go. That there would be none that would perish, but all would have everlasting life. But there's unfortunately a lot of people that will not have that because they thought, well, I could just be a good enough person. Or, or I, I, you know, I took care of my neighbor. And I, you know, I, I was, some people think this, even though I don't believe in Jesus, I'm more Christian than some Christians are Christian. 
Well, no, you're not. Because what makes you a Christian is you bear the name of Christ. And it's not a matter of how good you are. It's a matter of how good he is and his blood covering your life. And so I'm just saying this, that you can make that decision today. I'm not going to force you and I'm not trying to coerce you. I'm not trying to dance on your feelings. But I do want to know if there's somebody here that feels like that's me. I need to make that decision. I do want you to boldly just raise your hand this morning. If that's you, go ahead and lift up your hand right now. And I want to pray for you. Anybody? Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. I love that. Anybody else? Anybody else? Awesome. In the back. Thank you, ma'am. I really appreciate that. Best decision you can make. Anybody else? Is there anybody else? You might be thinking, I don't want to raise my hand in front of all these people. That just means that everybody else raised their hand already. So you're in good company, right? Maybe you're online and you would like to do this too. I want to have everybody stand and, um, and we're going to pray this prayer. Simple prayer. And then after this prayer, I want to visit with the two of you. My wife is in the back. She'll raise her hand. I want you right after this prayer, go to her and we'll visit in the side room over here. But repeat this prayer after me, if you will. Jesus, thank you for loving me so well. Thank you for dying on that cross for me. I am a sinner in need of that forgiveness. And right now, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. God, thank you for giving your best for me. Now help me that I may give my best to you. I pray that you give me your Holy Spirit. And Lord, you use my life to give you glory and to serve other people. My life is not my own. It now belongs to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate just real quick. Now listen, for those couple of people that just prayed that prayer, Tina, if you'd raise your hand up in the air, please find, grab your belongings and go visit with her. We're only going to have you for a couple of minutes. You'll be back in here. But I would love to personally visit with you just for a moment. Everybody else, continue on. God bless you and thank you for That's being here That's it for this today's morning. teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.